0: Welcome to another episode of the Credit Pearls podcast. I have Deirdre O'Keefe on again today, and we did speak with Deirdre on the very first, one of our very first seasons, um, but Deirdre has had so many things happen over the last 12 months that I thought it would be fantastic to get Deirdre on again and share her story with everybody. So thank you, Deirdre.
1: You're very welcome. Still wondering why I'm
0: here? So, Deirdre, maybe a lot of people didn't, because we didn't record the first one. It was done over Zoom. I think it was during COVID, was. during lockdown. It was. You were brand new to the podcast. Yes, I was. Um, but now that we've better sound and the visual. And actually, as I was saying to everybody, a lot of people like to watch it on YouTube. I thought people would prefer Spotify, so people will be looking.
1: At I it. can agree. I'm visual. Are you? I'm 100% visual. Okay. I prefer to see the person as opposed to listen to the person. Yeah, so, so it's a big... Like, we have a huge amount
0: of um, people watch it on YouTube, which is great. So, you'll be famous after this. Year. <laughs> um, so, look, let's have, uh, give everybody a little bit of a background on you, where you grew up. Um, so you're kind of the coolest bookkeeper, but uh, maybe give us a bit of background of
1: how that all happened. Okay, well, the cool, you know, just born with it. Can't go <laughs> into that. Uh, so, Jed, yeah, just really basic start to life, normal upbringing. Um, I'm actually a second generation bookkeeper, so I actually grew up watching my mom run a business, which was like really unheard of for a woman to yeah. be working back then. Yes. But she was doing it because no way was she asking somebody for annual leave, no way was she asking for childcare, nothing like that. Yeah. So she really was my hero. So I really reluctantly then kind of got into doing what she does. So I'm an accidental bookkeeper. And unfortunately, it turned out I was really, really good at it. So I was like, God dang it, I had bigger yeah. plans for <laughs> It did myself. run in the oh, jeans geez. Yeah. Uh so, uh so I worked with my mum for a few years. And then when I was 21, as you do, I woke up one day and decided... I'm just going to go to London just because. And I literally flew over on a Sunday morning, went for an interview on in MTV, got a job a week later and that was it. I stayed working and living in London. And what did you do on MTV? I was actually, my job was a bit weird. I was working in the studio. So I was responsible for billing people for using the studios because they rented it out to like Channel 5 and all other sorts okay. of channels. And this aged me. I used to bill people for re dubbing, like, hello, tape, actual tape. And uh, another part of my job was just sitting in an audience as an extra. Okay. Sometimes I just needed a seat filler or somebody that wasn't totally crazy just to sit there and make it look like a sane audience. But would you see famous people? Oh, every day. Every day of the week. My first day there, um the Heidi from the Sugar Babes walked up to my desk. Uh, I remember this orange hand going down beside yeah. me and she was just like looking to get out for a smoke. And I was like, Oh, okay, I'll show I'll you. Show yeah. okay. And now I met loads of famous people and like I remember one time walking in a corridor when there there was works going on, I was giving given out about the inconvenience and this poor man was, I, I, and it turned out he was Method Man from the Wu Tang Clan. So I was just like, oh, I don't know who he is. Okay, so amazing. it just, you got used to it and it just didn't become a thing anymore. And how long did you stay there for? I was only in MTV for two years. I had to come back from London earlier than I planned because my dad was sick. Okay. So me and Adam, my now husband, then boyfriend, moved back home because the chances of my dad surviving weren't meant to be over 5%, but luckily he did, but uh, yeah, that's how we ended up leaving London, probably sooner than we were meant to. Okay. But everything happens for a reason, right? So you came back here? Came back here, went back to work with my my mum, and then, you know, just kind of kept on plodding along, I'd say, for a few years, and then... The recession was looming, and I decided just about six months before the recession to go out on my own because I could see my mum was struggling with my wage. And because she was starting to get a knock on effect, a lot of her builder clients were going out of business. This and before this, before the official recession. Yeah. So I remember saying to my mum, You're only keeping me on the books because I'm your daughter. I totally get it. I'm going to go, I'll have a go doing this on my own. And she gifted me with two clients, of which I still have to this day. And uh, and that was it. I just uh, went out on my own, and you know, wasn't sure if I was going to stick at it. But I thought I'll give it a go. If My mum can do it. I'm sure I can do it. Okay, so that's where it all started. That, when was that? How many years now? That was in two thousand yeah. so and seven. Two thousand six, two thousand seven. So a long then time it all ago. Started yeah. madness. Yeah. And when you think back to that, how did you get it
0: going? Like. There wasn't really social media then. There was no
1: social media. There was nothing. If people were, back then, when people advertised, they used flyers. Yeah. And I remember going and getting flyers printed and giving it out. Like, I don't really, it's so long ago, I've forgotten the struggle. Yeah. And there must have been a struggle. Yeah. Now, obviously, things were cheaper back then. Maybe we didn't need as much. I hadn't built my own home yet. So I didn't have as much pressure on me immediately. So I did it very slow and steady. And then slowly but surely, uh, more referrals just started to come in. I cosied up with a few accountants, you know, proved to them how good my work is. And once you were in with the accountants, that was it because the accountants are like, she makes our job a million times easier. So we're going to give everything to her. Oh, super. And then that was it. And then just took off over the years, but very slowly. Yeah. I didn't do, like some of the people you've interviewed had the, you know, yeah. they, they blew up. I didn't do that, but it was kind of, purposely because I had other things going on. Yeah. So I was just happy to kind of just, as I always say to people, just tootle along as I was yeah. going. I wasn't over-ambitious because... A lot of stuff going on and I was just trying to focus on one thing at a time. So I'm not as super powered as a lot of your guests you've had. No,
0: but I think sometimes building it that slow, but it's a solid foundation. You're building solid relationships with clients, yeah. people that are going to stay with you long term. Yeah. And you're in a similar kind of space to me where that relationship is important. We don't do a job and move
1: on. No, it's really personal, Yeah. really personal. And I, as a bookkeeper and, you know, now later in life into tax and stuff, I've seen the effect of my own clients who've suddenly ballooned and they can't keep up. Like yeah. you get all phased by the turnover, the sales, but they forget about the bottom end. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, I need to take on two, three, four people. And their expenses just like explode. And it actually is the detriment of them yeah. rather than just going slowly. And steady building it. it. Like steady. I get why people want to grow. Yeah, but it's different industries. Different, different industries, industries. I, I like you said, somebody who doesn 't come to me and then I do the job bye bye, great to see you. I take on somebody that come to me every month for the foreseeable like yeah. i 've had a client for eighteen years. I had a client that I had when this was my side hustle, yeah because you know i 'm a massive advocate yeah. of the side hustle, so they've it just goes to show that you just have to have that honest relationship. Yeah, it's so
0: important. Same for us because that's really, really important in our industry. Yeah, We're not like, you know, uh, do the job, move on, do the job, looking for the next client. If we onboard a client, we'll have them for a long time. Absolutely. And we want to keep it that way. Absolutely. And they will
1: refer you. Yes, they will. There's nothing more powerful than a referral. I don't even advertise anymore because I don't want somebody who doesn't know anything about me coming to me. I want somebody to come to me going, I've been told you're amazing, or I've been told you can do this and that for me. Otherwise, you're kind of like trying, you're drowning in the beginning. You're like, I'm amazing, use me. Yes. Whereas if you just sit there and let them come to you, it'll all fall into place. And I think if
0: you're delivering quality service to your customers, you will get those referrals.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because people
0: will recommend you. They will say, oh, we use these, these are very good. Yeah. And, and then last
1: year, you did the... Tax training course. Yeah, we. It was. It's been in the pipeline. So I'm massively into taxes. You know, mm. I'm a big believer that everyone in business should understand tax. And but the answer I generally get back is, oh, I'm an accountant. I don't need to know. And I'm trying to stamp out that thing. Yeah. So yeah, in 2021, I spent a year writing my courses because. I work with people. I work with real people. I know the real questions they ask. Mm. Uh, there is no such thing as a stupid question. So I wrote the courses in a language that I know my clients need. And will understand. And will understand and things that nobody else picks up on because it's only by doing what I've done for so long that I've seen every absolute thing that can happen with revenue so I launched them officially last year so they're going really well but I can honestly say hands in heart I probably haven't pushed it as much as I should do but I'm so busy
0: yes and let's talk about a couple of things <laughs> when we were on the last time we didn't really talk about your illness hmm um, and so let's talk about that yeah. and how that impacts your business life decisions yeah. everything yeah so do you want to just
1: yeah okay yeah. so yeah well Yes, back in 2007, six weeks after I was married, I was told that I have multiple sclerosis, MS. So obviously, that was a life changer for me. I remember the day I was told, I thought my life was over, spiralled into a hole. I was like, what am I going to do? And then I remember one day in the town, in and you know, it's a very small village, everyone knows everyone's business. I remember one lady, a mother of a friend of mine, saying to me, God, you really cursed your whole family, aren't you? Like there's you just don't seem to be able to catch a break at all now, because you're 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 a mess now, aren't you? And I remember just thinking in my head, well, I won't swear, but I was thinking, well, fuck you. Yeah. And that was it. I went, I'm gonna show you what I can do. And that was actually the day that it flipped everything. And I said, I'm gonna use this to spur me on because I don't know what my future holds. I don't even know what tomorrow holds. So while I'm willing, ready and able, I put my absolute heart and soul into my business. You know, it's like, it's like it technically was my first child before yeah. I actually had four real children. Yeah. So it gives me the fire in my belly to be my own boss, to be the best person that I could be, to build up solid relationships with people because I just don't know what's on the horizon. I don't know. Mm. And I don't worry about it anymore because there's no point of worrying about something that I, you know, yeah. I know nothing about. Yeah. I don't know. But
0: like you do get tired, you do have side effects. How do you manage that on bad days when you're tired and, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I am I attend St. Vincent's and I'm probably their enemy number one down there because I am renowned for being the one that just doesn't take advice. So my advice from day one was take it easy, rest, take naps during the day, don't stress and uh, hopefully it'll all be okay. But of course, I don't roll that way. Yeah. So uh, I actually would probably be very guilty of not looking after myself in terms of my MS, but that's because in my head i'm okay okay you know and you feel I, okay most of the time or most of the time. i mean i suffer from absolutely savage fatigue but then i have four children and i get up early in the mornings and i'm really busy i'm doing the, like you i'm doing yeah, the work like two tired. or three people yeah and you constantly your mind is always on the go so i actually can't differentiate for anymore what's ms and what's just life yeah what's normal tiredness yeah, yeah like i do have days like even last week you know i completely all of a sudden All the feeling in my left hand went. All the use of it went. I could move it back to my wrist and I just kind of flock my hand on my desk and just carry it on with one hand because there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do. If I let it get into my head, Sharon, I'm I'm finished. I'm finished. I might as well. So, you know. And so you got the diagnosis in
0: 2007 Mm. and then you were only recently married. Did that affect your um, choices to have kids? or what way was that?
1: Well, yeah, no, I suppose I didn't know anything about MS. MS was even treated very differently back then. Nobody really knew anything. And I didn't know if I could physically carry children. More importantly, I didn't know, is it responsible for me to have children? You know, because you have in your head, what if something did go wrong and I'm paralyzed? Or, you know, you see horrendous things. Dr. Google, I mean, he struck again, you know. Uh, So it did, it it influenced a lot and I didn't do anything regarding children for years and years and years. And then it was just, I decided, you know, what, I'll I'll do it. I'll I'll see how I get on. And I absolutely flew it, flew through my pregnancies. In my mind, absolutely boss pregnancy, boss Mm. giving birth, went straight back to work with the baby strapped to my front. Mm. And um, I, I just, again, I find it just motivates me. And I know that sounds so weird to say, there's something like MS motivates me, but it does. Yeah, but you can't lie under the, the You can't lie under your illness and say
0: like my life's over. I can't you can't, yeah. and you
1: have to kind of nearly because a lot of people I get the the you know the side head tilts. Mm. I get those an awful lot from people, and uh, now I've kind of flipped that and I use it as motivation of I'm going to prove you wrong and you wrong and you wrong, mm. and I'm going to show you what you can do. And if I can work with an illness. Anyone can work with an illness mm. and you know, so it is, that's the stubborn part to me. Because the stress of running
0: the business is, is high, uh, uh, coupled with that. So I know you made a decision with Adam that he was gonna look after the kids and you were gonna drive the business. And like, I think that's a big
1: help to you, yep. a massive help. That That projected my business into a whole new level. So back in it was well before the pandemic. It might have been October. I've forgotten the year. Pandemic mm. might have been end of 2019. We had a conversation. We've been through childminders, au pairs, mm. bad experiences. It was nearly more stressful. Oh yeah, so stressful. And I remember saying to Adam, he was a carpenter slash builder at the time, and you know, on an okay wage, mm. but I was definitely the one that could make more, more for the family. There was no going to be no cap on what there you do. There was no cap. I yeah. knew that the business was just going to blow up. I just knew it. And we had a discussion and I just said to him, like, would you be open to looking after the children? You know, because I know in man world, yeah. builder world yeah. especially. And he was like, absolutely no problem. I'll do it. I'll do it for however many years we need to do it to get you over. And that was it. And at that time you had four? Four, yeah. yeah. Olive was only a baby then and he, he took over and it's like, he is the better parent than me in the yeah. sense of like he's more time for the children I can't shut off from business yeah, so you'll never hard. find me on the floor playing with Lego because I'd be like on the floor with a laptop yeah. you know yeah. so no it really that changed everything because I could just go to work didn't have to worry about the kids then I'd add him just looking after everything there was it just opened up limitless things for me yeah
0: now I know you're on a show in 2021. Mm, the 2020, to of, Yeah, yeah and that was
1: January last year, January 2022. People had a huge opinion on Adam. Massive opinion and surprisingly women more than anyone. But the, what were they saying? I know, I know. Now, the day the show aired, I got a phone call from Owen McGee before the show to say, well, obviously, good luck and all that kind yeah. of thing. And the advice he gave me was don't look on social media, don't go onto Twitter, don't go onto anything because there may be negative things about you. He said, they're probably going to be 99% lovely, but there will be something negative and you will zone in on the negative. Now, I tried to do what he did, but then just, you know, yeah, you get better yeah. You, uh, yeah you what are they saying? And Adam was being torn to strips. Uh, people, I feel like they watched a different show. It's like they completely misinterpreted the show of, like, look at that man working his wife to the bone. He's a lazy such and such. Oh and I was like, did you not watch the show? He cares for our four children. He's training to be a or assessor, looking long term. But, like, who would say that to a woman? I that was, was just at going home. to say that you would never, had I been a man on the show, no nobody would have said, said anything about Miss Adam at no. home looking after the children. No, so it was I was awful. really disappointed, I have to say. Now, I didn't engage because that's just fueling. No, don't. don't. You're better off not. But uh, no, it really shocked me. It was all women. Like men would just maybe comment about him wearing a backwards cap.
0: Okay, you know, yeah.
1: and apparently <laughs> the Irish aren't ready for a backwards cap. But people were really mean. <laughs> really mean, really mean. To the point where I didn't know if I was going to even tell Adam. About this, like I did in the end, because we, we do share everything. Because mm. I would literally just explode, and I could see it in him. He was really hurt, but at the same time, he'd be tougher than me. And he's just like, I don't know them; they're irrelevant
0: yeah. to me. Who who are they, and why their were they? opinion
1: is awful? So, but it was an awful thing, I think,
0: because like, it's a decision to make as a family. Cause like one parent wants to work, yep. your four kids, it's expensive if you put really four kids expensive. in childcare. Really
1: expensive, you're working to pay someone else. Yeah,
0: right? yeah, it probably costs you money mm-hmm. to pay somebody else. So it just doesn't make sense. No. So I thought that was awful. And then tell us what happened oh, last Okay,
1: year. so yeah, so life was going to change. So the show aired on the 6th of January and I was thinking, this is it. Things are going to change for us. And, you know, then I turned 40 a week later. And the following week, uh, my lovely husband, Adam, dropped to the floor in the kitchen in front of me with an absolute massive heart attack. Just like that. How old is Adam? He was 43, fit, doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, not overweight. Last person you would ever look at to think heart attack. So now you
0: have your business to run, four kids, husband in hospital. Very
1: sick husband, yeah. Like yeah. drink? what did you do to get through that? I, well... It's such a blur. I mean, the whole thing is a real big blur. Like Adam had, like we're, first and foremost, we're so lucky he did not die. You know, just whatever circumstances that day, got him to the hospital, major surgery, full-on heart failure uh, in two parts of the heart. So he had to have surgery and then he'd have more surgery two months later. So he was very, very sick for two to three months. Like He couldn't even walk up the stairs. So I remember my my little, I still call my baby brother, Owen coming up to the house and dragging a desk into the kitchen. I was literally moving my office to the kitchen. And I was there at a crappy little corner trying to run a business. Four kids to mind, all the different school runs. Adam really sick, trying to look after the clients. Like the day it happened, I had Vat return sitting on my desk ready to be done. And of course, my mind was so confused. I didn't know what I was meant to be panicking over. I was obviously really worried about Adam. I didn't know if I was ever going to see him again when he was taken away because COVID times, you couldn't go yeah. with them. And then I was worried about my clients because I was like, oh my God, what if something goes wrong and my clients leave me? Do you see what happens to us business yeah. people? Our mind yeah. just constantly oh, no, to what we shouldn't yeah. be worrying about? And I remember a ringing revenue... And I spoke to a lovely girl. I remember her name was Michelle. And I was in a panic. I couldn't remember my tane. I couldn't remember my client regis. And she found it. And she said, listen, you're such a lovely girl. I saw you on the telly. You're too nice to your clients. I'll put out a message to all the revenue agents to say not to bother this agent for two months because she's had a crisis. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, like just the the weight off my shoulders. That was so Nice and such a release. So nice. I just got lucky, I got one lovely human. But I mean the first six months easily I'd say last year after Adam's heart attack, bit of a blur, like last year just flew to me. I definitely went into a hole because I didn't know how because it suddenly made me realise life can literally just finish. But then I had to think practically, it's all very well to say that, but I can't go, that's it. I'm gonna go start going on holidays more and you know, not work as much. I have a business. Yeah, yeah. So I was really torn and I felt like a bad human because like I'm still here in the office working. This has just happened. But over time, and what I actually started to do, which is kind of like my therapy, is my dad told me, oh, they're doing um, defib training in the local GAA, and I'm like, oh, I don't need Mm. that. And then I was like, oh, maybe I do. Maybe I should, maybe I should. And I did it. And there was guys there from the paramedics and the fire brigade, And they were saying, we're trying to sign people up for the CFR. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's the community first responders. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. So um, that was it. I just something twigged in me that night. And I thought this is so empowering and so strong that, you know, that somebody could potentially save someone's life. Because I could have done nothing for Adam that day. Nothing. I didn't know, didn't know anything. CPR, didn't know anything. Didn't know anything, and uh, and so now I'm training. I'm currently training to be a CFO, you know, because I haven't enough to be doing. Because you haven't got enough. I know, hours. right? Yeah. Uh, I should hopefully be live in about a month, and that was absolutely super therapy for me, and it kind of changed everything. And I have started to change my ways, and I do still care about my work, but maybe not as obsessively mm. as I was, which was unhealthy. Yeah. Your clients don't think about you as much as you think about them. No. So have a think about that someday and just yeah. go like are you overthinking what you're doing for them like you know and at the sacrifice of what? At the sacrifice of what? Exactly. You know yeah. like so this year, you know I decided on a whim, I was asked to do, to head up a conference in Cork and normally I'd be like, not a chance, no way. And then I said, absolutely. So they're paying for me, Adam, the kids to get down to Cork. Mm. We're going to Centre Parks. We're doing, we're living now. So it's only now. Because I I looked, you hadn't had a holiday in. I had never had a holiday with my children. Never. I'd taken Adrian when she was a baby 10 years ago to Cork for a week. And so we we did the holiday, but it was a telly holiday. We went to go away for three days in the winter. But uh, no, we've never been away because I'm always working. Yeah. Always. So I think that's something you'll change, hopefully. Absolutely. I have to. I have to. That's why I'm now starting to get to the point where I'm bringing people into my company. I'm investing time in them to train them. Mm. Like, I'm so, like, I wish I could be like you. I wish I could be as good a trainer and an employer as you but I'm not. I'm such an old dog. <laughs> that, that, like, I have to try to let go. It's hard though. It's really, because it's, it's my baby yeah. and it's my name over the door. Yes. Well, it says
0: Birdie over the door, but yes. it's
1: mine. Yeah. Uh, and it is. Uh, and it's I, your
0: reputation, so the r- the wrong person in the business can ruin your reputation. Ru- I know, you so hard for I know,
1: and then sometimes I'm too nice, so I'm yeah. like, I, I'm like, you know, am I your friend or am I your boss? Yeah. I don't really know, but I'm getting there slowly, so I do finally, it's taking taken, me 16 17 years so you're way ahead of me you have someone in the business now yes exactly and so now I'm training her up and it's great and uh, you know I know you've spoken to people before like it's hard to train people who've worked in the industry for 20 years and they have their old habits maybe bad habits maybe wrong habits or maybe just not your way just not my way so now I'm just like training her up and I'm making her do all my online tax courses because I'm like, I'm going to make you a mini version of me. I know mm. o. McGee says find somebody better than you, but that is never going to sit possible. well with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not possible. It's It doesn't exist. Uh, so when you, when you think back, I suppose, on your business career now, and like that was just such a tragic moment. And mm. maybe that's what it took for you to kind of wake up and say, this is just taking over our lives and we, yeah. we have to do more as yeah. a family. Like if something yeah. did happen. Absolutely. Like looking back, would you think that that's right? Would you think if you, if you could go back, would you change what you did and maybe have more time off and have more?
1: Yeah. I mean, I always wished, I know you're not supposed to have any regrets. I do have a lot of regrets. I'm, I'm absolute example of what you should not be in business I, as in I was working just too much. Yeah, Like, it was just ridiculous. Like, probably everyone that is self-employed does work the same as me. But I don't know any other way Mm. in life. You know, I don't know. I'm not like you. I don't go to the gym. So I'll spend those two hours in the office instead. You know, Mm. I just... So if I could do it all again, I probably wouldn't do it differently again. Because it's taken a long time, but it is paying off Mm. now. And at least now, like, it has taken that tragic event that happened to Adam to make me wake up and realize, because I was never going to change because of my MS. That wasn't happening. No, It wasn't happening. It was nearly the opposite. It was nearly having the opposite. It, it was nearly a, driving you forward to do, yeah, 100%. to say, I, I'm invincible and I can work. Absolutely. I remember sitting in Vincent's and they were like, have you pulled back at all? And I went, well, now, I've actually started a second company. Yeah. As you do. So, no, what happened to Adam? Something, I'm not religious at all. Something was looking over us that day, to save his bacon and it completely changed everything for him as well yeah he's totally different now like he's he? a whole new lease in life he's gone back to he's out now finally doing his ber assessments he's thrown himself into his love of music again he's writing adverts for for companies and he's just a, t- a totally different person he got a second chance yeah yeah. And sometimes it takes that. Day. Yeah. Like he really got a second chance. Even the surgeon in uh, St. James said to him, sir, you were really not supposed to survive this. You did not have an arrow in you. Like, what a shocker. So young. Though. I know.
0: So, I know. so young. But I think so when, when, we, when we're thinking about our businesses, like I've been guilty of a theater. I've been guilty of overworking, over obsessing uh, business, business, business. But like the rest of the life. You have to find the balance. Yeah. You have to find some balance. Have in your you life found the balance? Say, have I found the balance? Yeah. No. 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 Nothing. It's terrible. I haven't. I haven't. I find it very hard to take days off. I find it very hard to go on holidays.
1: I don't think Sharon Farrell ever takes it, a mental day no, off. No. And
0: I think that's tough. Yeah. And I think when I looked at other people and when I started on the journey, I didn't see that I'd be that person. Mm. I thought that I would find balance. I thought that I would be able to take a break, take time off. It's very hard. I don't
1: think there's such a thing as balance in the first five to six years of your business. No. It takes one to five years to grow your business. Yeah. It took me longer, but again, because I kind of, I was happy, you know, yeah. I, was just, I didn't have massive ambitions to take over the world, whereas now... Now you probably want to grow up a bit more. Well, and now look I've what seen what I can do. And yeah. now I see the types of people who are knocking on my door. And I'm like, you know, because I suffer terrible imposter syndrome. Because I don't have a fancy degree and I'd listen to people in business talking really intellectual terms, and I'm just like, oh, I'm much more, you know, grassroots than that. Yeah. More. Yeah, I, I wouldn't let that bother me. Like, it never bothered me. It did in the beginning, for sure. And I remember even Owen McGee constantly saying to me, you do understand you are established. And I was like, um, and he's like, Deirdre, you're in business 15, 16 years, you are established. And he mm. gave me the guts I suppose to charge what I wanted to charge which was fair yeah. and you know just change and tweak and now my attitude is very much like if you're not willing to go with what I've just quoted you which is 100% return on investment you're going to get for investing mm. your into us I don't want to deal with you no go for something I don't want to do go yeah. to your budget bookkeeper yeah. go to your budget bookkeeper I'll see you in three years when she messes up yeah. That's, and and that's do. the truth of it. It's,
0: you, you have to charge for your worth. Uh, it's the biggest challenge in business. So for me, initially, it was uh, I, I knew if I got a client, I'd be able to deliver on what I said I was going to deliver. I knew that. I knew nothing about sales and marketing. I hadn't a clue how to get a client.
1: I still don't know anything about sales didn't really and marketing.
0: I what I was doing, but I knew if I got a client, I could deliver on it. And I still to this day know that. But I have clients that I have from day one that I know I'm not charging enough. But because they were my very first clients. It's
1: very hard
0: to say I know, I know, know, with some of them. So it's very, very difficult. But but I think that that's and as your business grows you need to you need to grow with it. You need to develop but you need to get staffing around you.
1: But that's you nearly feeling grateful. To yep. those clients because yep. in your head they got you started. Ah, oh, they did. That. So it's like your way of saying this is you yeah. <laughs> to you. Because when I had no client, Whereas I had they're them. they're thinking Sharon's not adjusting per yeah. inflation at yeah. all. This is great.
0: So it's and it's difficult. <laughs> difficult when you're in the service industry because you can't price yourself out of the market. You can't. So there's loads of different ways of thinking. But I think to sit back and it took something like that, and sometimes it does to say, this is not, long-term, this is not working
1: for me. Yeah, but you just always need to remember, I feel like I'm flipping the interview and you, you need yeah. to just remember, you don't have any competition. There is no uh, other Sharon Farrell. There is no other Sharon Farrell. But
0: I want to grow the business and scale the business and it There's can't be manner. me, but it can't be me in my business delivering to, you, to my but clients. But you
1: train your staff. Yeah, your staff are all going to be like mini but Sharon that's Farrell. That's where
0: you have to put the investment in. And that's where when you take on new staff you have to do that. It's worth it. You have to. And it's it's making those decisions like it took you sixty years. (laughs) Or whatever to take on somebody and entrust the business into them. Yeah. Like we
1: all know the time it takes to train, it's painful. So you kinda have to go backwards, but you know you're gonna go forwards. Like who I have now in the office. I know she's never going to leave me. I know she's not. And that's not me being cocky. She is a person that does not job hop. She is really loyal. And most importantly, if she does something wrong or I see something that could be done better, I can say it and she doesn't take it personally. She just goes, that's absolutely fine. I'll do that for now. And that's half the battle. You actually told uh, uh, me you can't train anyone. You can't train attitude. You, can't. you told me that. Yeah,
0: you can't can't give me anybody but bad attitude you can't yeah. stinks and it'll spread like wildfire absolutely it's contagious business. but everybody else if they've if they haven't got the skill set you can train them to do whatever yeah but attitude for me is it
1: yeah but i think it's gas. you told me that about two years yeah because i met you at a, a networking event yeah. the first time yeah like, different logo i thought you were a river dance <laughs> yeah i know this is I like thought hilarious <laughs> Uh, yeah, we no, won't, Yeah, I did. I I
0: actually did, Deirdre. I remember well, I done. can't
1: believe you thought that up until like
0: yeah. a half an yeah. hour ago. I did. And I used to tell people. No, um, no. But t- listen, tell me what is next for Birdie Bookkeeping. <clears throat> where, what would you want to do? So what would success look like for you in the next, say, seven to 10 years?
1: Success for me in the next seven to 10 years is where I can, if I choose, not work as long as I am. Still have the same amount of clients coming in, knocking on the door. The day the inquiries start coming at the day is the day that I feel something's gone wrong. So I see Bertie doing nothing but just growing and growing and growing. And I, more staff, more? More staff, for sure. I'm already thinking I might take on another person this mm. year. Um, the tax training, I know it's going to take off because that's been weird for me because it's like going back to day one of business, you know, whereas I'm like, why is this not taking off like... Just like Wait, that, yeah, you know, yeah, and I yeah. have to remember, it, it's Those a days. new arm yeah. to the business. But I can see me doing a lot of training for like big bodies talks. Uh, you know, there's already a lot lined up for this year. So I just think nothing phenomenal. I don't feel like I'm going to be a millionaire. I feel I'm going to just be more balanced and happier person I am happy I love my job but I do know that I'm falling down on the personal side I know and I owe it to my children yeah you do I owe it to myself I do (laughs) I do because I remember it was said to me by my my MS nurse in Vincent's I love her but she can be vicious I remember she said to me when my illness took a really bad turn two years ago um, and I was in denial didn't want to go in treatment because when you're on treatment that means you're sick right and I remember she said to me, Well, dear dear, okay, I can't force you to take treatment, but I would like you to go home and look at your children and just see, do you feel okay that they're gonna be caring for their mother in less than ten years? So it's like oh, knife in the stomach yeah. and that was it. So I do I owe it to myself, I owe it to my children. I don't want my children thinking it's okay to grow up and work this way. Yeah. My daughter's already like, You just work nonstop, you're such a hard worker yeah. I'm like and I keep saying, Adrian don't follow my example what mm. i'm doing is really not good for your body your mind anything yeah so that that's
0: your next this yeah. is your goal now yeah. to grow the business but not only having you doing everything absolutely
1: yeah. i have to step back but always have my finger in all the pies because that will yeah. never change i know
0: but that's really important like you can't you can't not manage the business oh, 100%. you still have to be oh i will check yeah. everything yeah. all the
1: time you know you have
0: to still manage the business and let's just talk before we wrap up about social media um, so you, when you start your business, there was no social media, no, no Instagram, say. no LinkedIn, yeah. no way to promote your business. Yeah. How did you adjust to that? You're obviously very good at it now. How did you adjust So to
1: slow, so slow. Even last year, I don't even think so. We're not even... Like, twenty twenty two I barely had an Instagram page i didn't do anything. Why would anyone want to hear a person talking about bookkeeping or tax? So I would say I'm getting better at it. Mm. I still don't know if i'm if I'm sold into the world of social media yet because um you know if I was telling you how to feed your family for a Fiver. Mm. I'd be great. I'd have tens of thousands of followers. So I, I'm reluctantly moving into social media, trying to stay consistent, all the rules that they tell you. Mm. But I don't know. I just don't know if social media is for my sector. I just
0: think social media is for every sector because it's here. Everyone uses it. Yeah. You do. Yeah, and it's like we just have to be on it whether we like it or yeah. not. And it is a way of reaching businesses.
1: Yeah. Well, see, I would class myself as very unprofessional in the sense of I am not I'm never going to act corporate I'm never going to wear a suit
0: I'm never yeah, going to use words like the, the thing about social media is you have to I think appear as yourself
1: I think so yeah. but then I wasn't sure if I was going down the no. right path I will who are they going go to get when
0: they work with you this is who they're yeah. going to get when they work
1: with you yeah they're not getting anybody else But you know you then start doing that comparison you start looking yeah. at somebody in your sector who does similar to what you do, but in our minds we go, not as good as us.
0: But they'll just do their... And people will go with them because they will like that. But people yeah. come with you
1: because they like you. Yeah.
0: And I think that's the brilliance of social media, yeah. is to be able to actually portray who you are, what service you're delivering. Yeah. But when you arrive to meet your customer, this is who they're going to meet. I know. Not somebody that they saw on Instagram that looked not I like know. you. Um, I know, I know. Didn't have tattoos. <laughs> it didn't have didn't look like that so that's yeah. who they're going to get so you yeah. can't do that I think and, it's as, a dangerous game and as well as
1: that it's the, the focusing on your followers you have to when I first started using Instagram on the back of being advised by a very you know knowledgeable Owen McGee who started off himself at less than a thousand followers mm. uh, I was obsessed with the figures I was obsessed with my lack of figures and uh, I would say to Adam every day like what am I going to do like how do I get these followers up but then it's the engagement yeah. I get with my followers is amazing And I'm like, you know what, if I only have 3000 followers, but they all look at what I say, they engage, they ask me DMs, I'm doing something right.
0: And I always say, imagine 3000 people showing up to you. I know. You'd be like blown away.
1: Absolutely blown away. So yeah, I had to, it did at the beginning, the social media got under my skin. And then I nearly turned my back on LinkedIn for some reason. And now I'm like back to there going, that's where my people are as well. Mm, So, you know, it's a balance. Yeah,
0: it is. But it's, it's something that like our generation, just didn't... Like, younger people are just flying on social media. It's just because they grew up with it. We didn't. I know. So, it was a big challenge and a big thing to overcome. So, for businesses out there, yeah, I, I'd advise them to get on it. Um, any last and tips, say, for two things, I suppose, I'd want to... If you're giving advice to businesses. So, somebody's starting from scratch tomorrow. So, you talk a lot about side hustle. I love the side hustle. Um, would you advise they start as a side hustle and I then work it out? Always, or?
1: always. Because... Nobody knows, not even a person themselves. They could have an idea in their head of what it is they want to do, but it's only when they start doing it they'll realize a few things. Do they enjoy being self-employed? Are they actually really as good as they thought they were? And is there a market? Mm. So that's really important. So if you just drop sticks, leave your job, you're just putting yourself into a negative point from the get-go. Mm. So I always say to people, if they can, depending on what they do or what they want to do, if they can hold on to a job or a part-time job just to take the stress off and then get out there and start hustling, and that's when you can make all your mistakes only for making the mistakes you know I've made mistakes I'm sure you've made yes. mistakes you learn and you get out there and just as I always say it's the testing the waters phase and there's like different ways to handle your tax when you're doing it as a side hustle you know so if you're not making over five grand in your first year you don't even have to worry about the registering for tax you know I've posted I wouldn't even bore you but there's mm. posts on insta that I have so I would always say test the waters I had a guy on a course two weeks ago. I did a live tax training, which I don't normally do. And it was a lovely small number. And it was one of those rare occasions where I could actually ask everybody what it is they do, give me background. And he started off with some outdoor activities. And he started off as a side hustle in 21. And it was only this year he got the nerve and he's absolutely flying it. He said wow. he made all the mistakes in twenty one, learned from them, got himself primed, and now he's off running. He was able to leave yep, the job then. straight away.
0: Okay, so that's your advice. Maybe keep on to your, keep your job for a while, if you see can. how it pan. and find out
1: if you even like it. Then you might think some you love it. Some people don't then, like being yeah. self-employed. From the from the DMs I get, you know about tax worries. I'm just like Peep, Some people are. Listen, I've had clients in my door, who I have thought from the get go, you should not be self-employed. You're not able for it. You haven't got a business head. And when I say business head, I don't mean like saying big words or anything. Mm. They just... Haven't got the graphic. They they haven't got it. You know, they don't understand it. And I would, like, have to say to them in a really kind way, would you not put your, you know, skills to use for somebody else? And you'll get to do it. You'll get to make money. Mm. Whereas now you're just absolutely money is yeah, just going everywhere money on it, yeah. so I, I would always say you need to be sure because it takes a very certain type of person yeah. self-employment is not the glamour that people have we know that that's why I, I really wanted to do this podcast to say
0: yeah like there's positives and negatives yeah but the negatives are your husband has a heart attack you have MS and you still have the computer side of you still desk. have to do yeah. it yeah it's not so, going to go away no and there's no one else coming in to take the reins no. and say Deirdre I have it
1: Sit down. I know, right? Uh, Yeah,
0: so there is the plus and the minuses to it. And then maybe when they get a little bit more established and they're like three, four, five years. So when you're, they're looking then to grow and what did you do in your business? Did you take investment
1: advisory? What did you do? I did everything solo. Absolutely everything solo. I just started taking on clients, just slowly growing and growing, but at the same time, keeping my costs Absolutely the same. Yeah. So, year on year on year, my profit was just growing and growing and growing because there's no point doubling your turnover and then tripling your overheads. And I see yeah. it all the yeah. time. I see clients go, I got this amazing deal, this person's come in, and then I'm reporting losses to them. And they're like, But that just doesn't make sense. So, I would say just do it slow and steady. I mean, and keep your eye on the bottom keep line. Keep your eye. Keep your bookkeeping. I don't even want to bring this podcast back to my trade, but it is so important to have your bookkeeping done. If you don't have figures to look at every month, you're navigating blind. What is the point? I have people who literally go to the accountant once a year with a shoebox. I'm like, you actually don't even know if you made a profit or a loss. You haven't a breeze.
0: And like, it's all those little things. I put a post up recently, and I know you saw it on Instagram where, I was like, oh, I do the cleaning and stuff, and people are like just pay somebody. And you're like, I do that fifty cleaning. euro or it's two hundred a month. That could be Google AdWords. That could be anything yeah. in the business. Over six months, what's that money? Yeah. I could be investing that in something else. So yeah. for me, I watched it. I watched the pennies in the business more than I do my own. I'm
1: I'm the exact same yeah. as you. I am not yeah. even my soft. I look at my software and go, it might only be eight euros a month, mm. and i be like, I've not used that in two yeah. months. I'm delete getting rid. Same. Delete. Delete. Same. Delete.
0: So I think that's, so keep their eye on the overheads, keep their eye on where the yeah. spending is. Just
1: have your bookkeeping done. Yeah. And, 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 and know where your money is going. Who tells you they can bookkeep, but they don't know. And just stay out of trouble with revenue. I can't tell you how many people are just like guessing, just doing guesswork, sending things to revenue, doing it wrong. They might have a brother or a sister, a mother or father doing the bookkeeping. And I'm like, they have no business doing your bookkeeping. Yeah. If you're going to spend money on anything, invest it in your numbers because yeah. the return on that investment. If I can sit down with you, Sharon, and say, Sharon, those overheads were just way too much and completely unnecessary. And if you did this and spent that, we could keep do your profit this. up but yeah. your tax low. So it just pays off in spades. Yeah, just to does. do your homework. Don't navigate blind through business. Yeah,
0: brilliant. Because I think that's where people are romanced by the turnover.
1: The turnover yeah. is nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's you say your turnover was quarter a quarter of a mil. I haven't got that on my bank. I was yeah. like, oh, well, like, you have to contact Sharon Farrell over that. Yeah. Like yeah. But their turnover and the profit's different. Absolutely. So your
0: turnover is just your sales. But what you're, you could be still making a lot. You could have 10 million in turnover. I'm
1: sure you've heard the expression that somebody said, turnover is vanity, profit is sanity. Yeah. Your turnover and your profit, night and day. Yeah. night and day yeah. now luckily for me because, and you'll be the same because I'm so good at managing my numbers my turnover is great and my profit's usually pretty great mm. but because we watch our numbers and you know
0: you're taking, you're taking risks where you know your numbers and it's really you really important. everything's calculated
1: and if you don't know them yourself get someone like yeah. <laughs> into the business and they can help you
0: with Every, your tax your profit
1: and it's, everything It's calculated everything you have to be calculated in business whether it be you know cold and calculation. Mm. So be it. Or just calculated risk. We just can't go, right, you know what, I made epic sales last month and am just gonna start spending all my money I know, on these lovely extravagance It, all
0: it the will not. Then they've a VAT off. bill, then the tax, then they've oh yeah. Absolutely not, Yeah, snowballs. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. But Deirdre, I loved our, I love our conversations, we have them all the time. I know that your year last year was just absolutely nuts and yeah. crazy, but you survived it. survived you're still it, here came and your business out. is still here and you're looking to make changes. Um, So I wish you the best of luck. If people do want to reach out to you, what's the best where do you like to be contacted
1: well they can obviously they can go to birdie that's dot and the contact is through there or i am on instagram as clever birdie where i'm giving all the awesome free tax tips, tips. come on now right and linkedin <laughs> linkedin on is deirdre o'keefe two f's very important yes two e's two f's i made that mistake
0: <laughs> um so that's where they can find you and reach yeah, you exactly yeah. Exactly.
1: i'm always there
0: okay super thanks for your time thank deirdre. You, thank you so much